Hey family, I'm Ashley. And I'm Dion. And we are the Woman, Woman Defined, Defined Podcast, Podcast Season 2. Our goal is to encourage women to live authentically, on purpose, and in their God-given identities. So welcome to the Woman Defined Podcast. Hi family, welcome back to the Woman Defined Podcast. I'm your co-host Dion, and we are in the final episode of our new mini-series study session with the Woman Defined. Here's our day four recap. God and two other men pop up on Abraham and Sarah, and the men have dinner outside. Sarah stays inside the tent. When she overhears God promising Abraham that she'll give birth to their son by this time next year, she laughs within herself. Though it wasn't out loud, God heard it, reminded them who he is and that there's nothing he can't do. Let's look at day four. Reflection questions. Boom, 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 boom. Number one, has there been something that you've hoped for or are still hoping for that feels as ridiculous for God to do as children at the age of 99? Huh, feels ridiculous. No. (laughs) No, uh, to be honest, no. I I can't, I'm not even going to pretend, I can't think of, anything ridiculous that I'm hoping for. I know what I want. It's not that I'm thinking small and having small faith. I have faith for big things, but nothing feels as ridiculous (laughs) to have children at the age of 99. All right. Final reflection question from day four. Has God ever had to remind you of who he is and all he can do? God be checking me all the time, y'all. All the time. God is like, You know I'm your father, right? You know what I've done, right? You know my reputation, right? You know I've never lied, right? You know what I done said and what I done followed through on, right? You remember who I am, right? Who do you think you are, right? You know you're not in control, right? You know I had this this whole time, right? You know I got your back, right? God has reminded me multiple times who he is and all he can do. And I'll take it. I'll take that reminder each and every day. I need that reminder. I'll take that. Go sit down, little girl, all day, any day from God, especially when he going to show up and blow my mind with it. Let's do it. Check me, Lord. Check me. So that concludes our reflection questions. We're going to go ahead and transition into day five. I'm a little sad that the series is ending, but I'm excited for our next study session episodes. They may not always be a series like this, but I thought what better way to launch the series. And there's so many good parts throughout Abraham and Sarah's story that were great to unpack and uncover and examine in our own lives, in our own context. So let's get into day five of Abraham and Sarah. And the theme of our final day, what will you run to? The scriptures for this study session are Genesis 20, 1 through 18, and Genesis 21, 1 through 7. So I'm going to start at Genesis 20, 1 through 18 in the NIV, and it reads, Now Abraham moved on from there into the region of the Negev and lived between Kadesh and Shur. For a while he stayed in Gerar, and there Abraham said of his wife Sarah, She is my sister. 
Then Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent for Sarah and took her. But God came to Abimelech in a dream one night and said to him, you are as good as dead because of the woman you have taken. She is a married woman. Now, Abimelech had not gone near her. So he said, Lord, will you destroy an innocent nation? Did he not say to me, she is my sister? And didn't she also say he is my brother? I have done this with a clear conscience and clean hands. Then God said to him in the dream, yes, I know you did this with a clear conscience. And so I have kept you from sinning against me. That is why I did not let you touch her. Now return to me his wife, for he is a prophet and he will pray for you and you will live. But if you do not return her, you may be sure that you and all who belong to you will die. Early the next morning, Abimelech summoned all his officials. And when he told them all that had happened, they were very much afraid. Then Abimelech called Abraham in and said, what have you done to us? How have I wronged you that you brought such great guilt upon me and my kingdom? You've done things to me that should have never been done. And Abimelech asked Abraham, what was your reason for doing this? Abraham replied, I said to myself, there's surely no fear of God in this place and they will kill me because of my wife. Besides, she really is my sister, the daughter of my father, though not of my mother, and she became my wife. And when God had me wander from my father's household, I said to her, this is how you can show your love to me. Everywhere we go, say of me, he is my brother. Then Abimelech brought sheep and cattle and male and female slaves and gave them to Abraham. And he returned Sarah, his wife, to him. And Abimelech said, my land is before you. Live wherever you like. You can have wherever you like. Okay. So Sarah, he said, I am giving your brother a thousand shekels of silver. Not calling him your brother. Okay. This is to cover the offense against you before all who are with you. You are completely vindicated. Then Abraham prayed to God and God healed Abimelech, his wife, and his female slaves so they could have children again for the Lord had kept all children in Abimelech's household from conceiving because of Abraham's wife, Sarah. Wow. God said, don't play with it. Don't play with it. All right. Now we're going to move over to Genesis 21, one through seven in the NIV. And it reads, now the Lord was gracious to Sarah, as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age at the very time God had promised him. Abraham gave the name Isaac to the son Sarah bore him. When his son Isaac was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him as God commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Sarah said, God has brought me laughter and everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. And she added, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? God said, it says, yeah, I have borne him a son in his old age. Quick recap on our study session scriptures for today. Not long after Abraham has dinner with God, he and Sarah are right back in the middle of a hot mess. They move to a place called Gerar and the king of this region, Abimelech, kidnaps Sarah after Abraham once again tells them that they're brother and sister. Bro, not only was he out here lying again, he then low-key tried to put the blame on God saying, yeah, when God had me out here wandering around on this dangerous journey, I did what I had to do to protect myself. Crazy how God calls us higher. Crazy how God calls us higher. But then we do something not of him. We decide to do something not of him. We make the decision to go against the life that he called us to live. We decide we know better. Okay, so then we blame him for calling us higher when we got to face what we done. Anyway, sometimes we act as though we would rather stay down and bound, y'all. But Another story, another time. Anyway, God intervenes again, 
again, visiting Abimelech in a dream to tell him that Sarah's married and that she must be returned to her man. The king returns her, gives them servants, silver, and animals to make things right and goes and sends them on their way. Then, just as he promised, Sarah becomes pregnant in God's perfect timing. When he was born, they named him Isaac, meaning he laughs. Sarah and Abraham have their first child when she is 90 years old and when he is 100 years old. 25 years after God called Abraham into Canaan in Genesis 12. Let's look at our important considerations for these scriptures. Though technically Abraham and Sarah were in fact brother and sister, they had the same dad. Both times their story was still a lie. Have truths and spinning technicalities in a deceitful way or to fit a certain narrative to benefit you is a lie. This next important consideration Blue Letter Bible pointed out that I felt was good and wanted to cover. Age does not automatically sanctify us. Unless yielded to the spirit of God, we will repeat in our old age the sinful patterns of our youth, which Abraham and Sarah did. They reverted back to Abram and Sarai, did the same thing with King Abimelech of Gerar that they did with Pharaoh of Egypt. All right. Next important consideration. Interestingly, God had them give their first son a name that translates to he laughs when both their reactions to God blessing with the son was laughter at the improbability of it even happening. I wanted to mention that because that's just God being funny. Like both of y'all laugh at this miracle. Now your son gonna be called. He laughs. Anyway, final important consideration of day five of the series. This also comes from the Blue Letter Bible, but was so good. The promise of a son was not fulfilled because Abraham was perfect in his obedience, but because God was faithful to his word. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So here are our reflection questions for day five. When put back into a difficult situation, like we talked about, Abraham and Sarah revert right back to their same habits, same scheme, same lie, even after seeing what the consequence of it was the first time, even after he reminded them of his promises, even after having dinner with God. Can you think of a time where faced with a problem and you reverted back to the same useless solution? Reflection question number two, how can you remind yourself to trust God in spite of, to go to God in place of cycles, habits, and go-tos? That concludes day five of the study sesh with the woman defined for Sarah and Abraham. Quick friendly reminder, make sure you are following along in your own word. Make sure you're studying in your own time to see what God wants to reveal to you as we go through these scriptures. So because this first study session was a five-part series, there are so many good things that were along in each day. And I want to do like a final study session takeaway. Number one, trusting God means replacing our go-tos, our failed quick fixes with God. So we see how Abraham and Sarah fall back on their own devices, their own lies. They, that's their go-to. That's their quick fixes that fail each time, but they still keep going to them. Trusting God means replacing those things that are our go-tos with God. Replacing getting drunk, replacing getting high, replacing having sex, replacing all of that and more and whatever else your go-tos are with praying to him with listening for what he has to say to us in response to our praying, with reading his word, fasting. Those are all great ways to go to God instead of defaulting to our quote unquote things. There's also the reality that 
we can do all the quote unquote right things and check out the boxes. But if the Holy Spirit don't do a work in you, if the Holy Spirit don't purify your heart, if the Holy Spirit don't renew your mind, if you're not spending time in his presence, in his word and allowing it to truly transform you, to truly do a work then not doing the things that you used to do won't be enough. And that's why I emphasize replacing because taking away something is not enough. You have to replace that with the Holy Spirit and allow it to do its work. We are human. We are flesh. We are sinners. And although we can do our best to replace things, we can do our best to see God. We are always going to have something to push towards. We're always going to miss the mark. And that's the purpose of the Holy Spirit. That's the purpose of Jesus dying for our sins because we can't get it right because we will never have it all together. But the Bible also says that where there is sin, grace abounds all the more. There's an understanding that growth is not linear. You are going to make mistakes. It will be easier to turn to those things. I'm not going to fake it till I make it. I'm not going to pretend to be more than I'm not. I'm not going to like it's me not doing things, me not being the way I was that's doing the real work in me. It's easy to do it. I'm not going to pretend like sin isn't fun. Sin isn't easy. Of course, sin is bad. Of course, sin is sin. But we need to stop acting like sin is not fun. We need to stop acting like sin is not the easier option. We need to stop acting like sin is not enticing. That's a whole plot of sin. <laughs> And I think that's a part of the problem with some of the messages out there about sin and coming to Christ and choosing God instead. You know, it's like, <laughs> stop acting like I didn't have a good time with this. Stop acting like this ain't easy. A lot of times a road to Christ, the road with Christ, the walk with Christ is the harder route, but it is the more rewarding route. It is a more transformative route. It is the route that's best for you. It is the route that's going to lead to you being who God called you to be, you walking in purpose, you being renewed in your mind, renewed in your thought process, you growing in the way that you never saw for yourself. Try your best to turn to the Holy Spirit. Try your best to seek that as your place of refuge. That's the only thing that can really do something about a situation anyway. All our things, that's the thing. They distract you from the thing. They alleviate temporary stress or worry from other things, but they don't really change the thing. They don't really change the situation. They don't really improve the context of whatever it is you're going through. The Holy Spirit, the work of the Lord can really do that. In essence, what I'm saying is we're human, we're flawed, we're going to fall short in our pursuit of Christ. But the main idea is the belief in Christ and the pursuit of Christ, the effort, the pushing to get there, the, the true repentance, the act of turning away, asking for forgiveness and asking for the Holy Spirit to strengthen us in our new walk. You know, so I think all of that together is like the reality of being a follower in Christ, of being a disciple and bringing other people into the love and the knowledge of understanding who he is, being real with ourselves and still having that accountability. I'm going down a rabbit hole now, y'all, because this is something that I obviously feel passionately about. Um, but I think, you know, us as a church, we should all feel passionately about being real and what it is to choose God, to replace God with our things. And that's that on that. Next final study takeaway, we must live our lives standing in the grace of God because we've been made right with him through Jesus' sacrifice. 
That means when we fall short, rather than spiraling deeper into our mistake, rather than running or hiding from God out of shame, fear, disappointment, whatever, come back to him. Repent to him and continue pushing forward in purpose and obedience and whatever he has called you to do. You never know whose life is depending on your obedience, whose life is depending upon you coming back to God, whose breakthrough, whose miracle, whose connection with God is dependent on you coming back to God. Number three, our lack of obedience has consequences. Now, I know there are some things we like to mess around and find out, but in the case of doing what God says, we definitely don't need to be trying to find out what things look like when we don't. We need to strive for obedience at all times. And that's something that you could be praying for. Lord, help me be obedient. And then you could pray at your root of disobedience, whether it's fear, whether it's lack of faith, whether it's pride, whatever that is, pray over that. Ask God to help you with it because we need to be obedient to what God tells us to do. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Number four, if God said it, that's it. That settles it. There's nothing he can't do. He's a keeper of his word. He said it, period. Number five, we can't outscheme or outmaneuver God. He is the ultimate architect, and the way that he organizes our lives to unfold will always be a higher caliber blueprint than anything we can put together. And the final Abraham and Sarah study sesh takeaway, and this one is also from Blue Letter Bible because it was so popping. I couldn't not include it. Some promises of God are conditional and depend on something we must do. Other promises of God are unconditional and God will fulfill them, not because of what we do, but because of who he is. My God, I got to repeat that, y'all. Some promises of God are conditional and depend on something we must do. Other promises of God are unconditional and God will fulfill them, not because of what we do, but because of who he is. My God, that's so good. And going back to takeaway number three, God may not always reveal which is which to us, which is why we need to push for obedience at all times. We don't know what hinges on our obedience. We don't know which promises are conditional versus unconditional. So it's imperative that we strive for obedience at all times. Now, there may be a time where God will show you otherwise. God may show you what's conditional. God may show you what's unconditional. But you still need to follow his word and do what he say do. Moral of the story, do what God says do. That concludes our Sarah and Abraham study sesh. We're going to go ahead and float right into our next segment. God winks and prayer requests. My God wink for this episode is that I finished our very first study sesh series. So I'm really grateful. I'm excited. And I'm really grateful to y'all for listening in, for following along. And I thank God for y'all for believing in us and supporting us. So. It was a good study session. I thank God for it. And I got a lot of gems out of it. I hope the same for you. For my prayer request, I would love for y'all to join into agreement for my grandma, my granny girl, my granny banana. She done live life. She got kids, grandkids, great grandkids. She done seen the world shift into different centuries and technology go from one thing to another. Cars go from one thing to another. So much evolution she's seen, so much change. And um, I thank God for the time that I've had with her. She is well alive and kicking and sassy as can be. But just pray for her heart, pray for her mind, 
and pray that God continue to keep her. She didn't have such a good week this week, but we are continuing to stand together in prayer over my granny Banani. So if y'all could help me pray over granny, I would so greatly appreciate that. So greatly appreciate it. So that concludes our episode for today, guys. Thank you so, so, so much for tuning in to the study session with The Woman Defined. We can be found on Instagram and Facebook at The Woman Defined. You can send us an email at thewomandefined at yahoo.com. Check out our website at thewomandefined.com. Make sure you are rating, reviewing, and subscribing. Again, I'm your host, Dion, and I miss you, Ashley. We miss you, Ashley. The people are ready for you to come back at the right time and when you're back and bring baby with you. Y'all know what I'm about to say. I have one final request as we go. That is give somebody God today, whether that's praying for somebody, whether that's donating to somebody's cash app, whether that's buying somebody's lunch, whatever you want to do, show them Christ. He loves you. Be blessed.